All right, what's going on, family? Got some things to talk about today. Whole lot of things to unpack. So we're going to go ahead and let this intro play, and we're going to get right to it. what's going on family a lot of quick news i just want to keep you guys updated on what's going on in the world and just remind us on how we need to stay focused we need to stay grounded we need to stay educated because we at war right now you know and before i get into the the big world events let me just talk about what just happened a few minutes ago right across the street from where i stay at you know there was a big incident across the street a whole bunch of black people out there you know what i'm saying i came there late but apparently what had happened was a girl that got hit. There was a, obviously some sort of fight, a bunch of police out there, but it got escalated. Police punches one of the little girls, gets one of the dudes riled up, so they arrest him, you know what I'm saying, after they being rough with him and a whole bunch of other stuff. They start putting their hands on the other girl. This is around the time I'm starting to come out there. Got four motherfucking sheriffs on one little ass girl. So I'm out there telling her, hey, calm down, calm down. This is what they're trying to do. You know what I'm saying? All that shit that they doing, y'all playing into their hands right now. Get a badge number. You know what I'm saying? Take that shit to the DA, make a report, but this ain't the way. You know what I'm saying? Police was getting mad at me for saying that, hey, back up, back up, don't interfere. I'm like, I ain't touching nobody. You know what I'm saying? I'm just talking to my people. I'm just trying to make sure my people are right. You see what I'm saying? See, the fucked up thing about all this shit is that a simple fight doesn't require all of that. But what they like to do, they like to escalate things to another level. They like to incite shit. I didn't see not one black, Latin, any kind of cop out there. There was over 13 cars out there. And why are you mad at me for telling my people to calm down? Isn't that what you should be doing? Instead of inciting people, instead of putting four motherfucking sheriffs on one little ass girl, I could have helped the little girl back my goddamn self. But they got four people on it. You know what I'm saying? They don't even want to give the, uh, the little girl her phone back. You know, all these little itty bitty details. You know, had me walk all the way to the sidewalk because they didn't like the information I was given. Because I've been through this family. I know how they like to get down. I know how they like to escalate things. I know as soon as they heard it was black individuals, they, they, they mindsets was already set on what they was finna do. And because I went out there and I did not allow them to take advantage of the system. I did not allow them to take advantage of the law in their favor. Because it doesn't mean shit to them to throw one of us in jail. It doesn't mean shit to them to try to come up with some sort of reason or excuse to pull families apart. They've been doing this for hundreds of years, family. Hundreds of years. And because we're not educated on the law, we're not educated on what's expected of us when we encounter the police, we fall in that trap every single time. Every single time. We are at war, family. And what I appreciated the most, though, even though there was two families initially opposed to each other after the entire event, they came together and they talked about what they were going to do. And of course, you know, I had to make sure. Did y'all get that badge number? They said, oh, hell yeah. And that's it. See, we got to get tactical with they ass. We have to start strategizing. When the police show up, we got to get on code like a motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? It's just like if two dudes is out there having a fade and the police show up, shit, y'all friends. Y'all friends, y'all just out there messing around in boxing. It's not worth it. 
It's not worth all that bullshit that they're going to try to do to you. They're going to use that as justification to put hands on you, possibly shoot you. And that's exactly what I was telling the family, because there was a lot of emotions out there. And I can see why. One simple situation, a fight between kids blowing up into something like that. The fuck do you need 13 plus sheriff vehicles, hella motherfucking police out there for little kids? It's only but natural for adults to want to react in a certain way when you put their hands on their child, on children. That's the issue that I have. When these police officers see us, they don't see us. They see niggas. And they treat us as such. And the cold part about it is, is that they try to tell you that in light of somebody harming your baby, you have to be cool. You have to sit there and watch. Family, y'all follow me on IG. Y'all just seen what I posted. There was an incident to where a lady was walking her dog and the police officer was telling her to go. She's over here trying to record him and everything else. And he starts putting his hands on her, starts taking her down to the ground. For what reason? Can somebody show me where in the penal code it, it says that a police officer can go grab you and take you down to the ground? She was clearly complying by walking away. Let me give you guys a little bit of something. Even if she was trespassing, it's only trespassing after, she said, after someone says you must leave. If that person is starting to leave, you allow them to leave. If that person chooses not to leave, then they are trespassing. You see what I'm saying? But at the same time, if someone is acquiescing, if somebody is complying, you don't get the right to harass them. You see, and when she was protesting harassment because he was doing too much, he felt that it was OK to get physical with her. Why is that Graham versus motherfucking Connor? Because as long as a police officer reasonably believes that force should be used and he can articulate it in a way to where it sounds cool, they're going to get off every single time unless there's video footage. Luckily, in the situation that I just articulated, there is uh, footage and it went viral. I did see some people record the footage across the street, but I'm not sure exactly what they what they caught. OK, but that's number one. That's number one on the list. Number two on the list in bigger world news. I told you guys before about these coons on these networks pandering for their white zaddies. You know who I'm talking about. Mark Lemoyce, Mark Lemusty. We have to stop. And because we've been allowing him to come to our black platforms to, to plead his case, to speak to us, we need to exile him. We need to realize what this man is actually about. Shout out to Dickie Villa for being one of the first and most consistent on this. What Mark Lemusty is doing. He is simply irritating the black public. When you do things like condemn Bill Cosby for being released as if that case shouldn't have been overturned in the first place, and then turn around and defend a white supremacist who killed a bunch of black people, we understand what he's doing. Any publicity is good publicity. So family, what we need to do is that we need to shun him. 
We need to stop going to his videos. I don't give a damn if to hear what he says. Shun him. He does not exist anymore. Stop going to his videos and commenting. He is profiting off of your anger. He is profiting off of our pain. He is the device that they have placed into social media to do their bidding. It's very, very clear. It's very, very clear. Because out of everything else out there, how can you have an issue with Bill Cosby knowing damn well many of the women's testimonies were not a part of any convictions? They had not been vetted. They had not gone upon the appropriate process. You see, when I told you when I told y'all months ago that what was happening to Deshaun Watson was the same thing that happened to Bill Cosby, I wasn't bullshitting. I hope you all can see that now. When you have multiple cases, multiple women saying the same thing, what that does is create a pattern of behavior. But conversely, if you have the same thing, but yet most of those women, those, uh, those reports had not been vetted, had not been investigated, had not even gone to a point of getting a conviction. How true are those testimonies? How can we call that a fair trial? See, that's what we call poisoning and tainting a jury. Because if a jury hears these testimonies, they don't know whether or not these women have been properly uh, vetted, have gone through the whole process. Once you go up there to testify, it is assumed that these steps have taken place. See what I'm saying? The people that are saying that his case was just reversed on a technicality, don't know. No, there was many things. It had a lot more to do. With the, with the fact that he had agreed, that, that agreement that he had with the former prosecutor who had dropped out, who said, if you tell us about what happened, we'll absolve you. See, again, like I told you guys months ago, that was just a tactic to get him to verbally place him at the scene at that time. That's all he needed to do. When you're dealing with cases that are pushing the limits or the statutes of limitations, you need certain things like that to combat all the he say, she say. The moment that he verbally admitted that he was at a certain place and whatever else may have happened. He, all he needed to do was confess that he was at a place and with these women and they were going to run from it. That's why that other prosecutor dropped out. And that's why that other racist female prosecutor that takes on every bad uh, case. And when I say bad case, I mean every case that's negatively in, like charged against black people she takes. Like that so-called gangbang uh, rape case that we later on find out was a myth, okay? So, family, we have to be very, very, very careful. We also have to be very, very, very careful about who's in the ears of these people that we like. United States have always understood the power of media since the newspaper. If memory serves, it was between 1930s, 1940s, about the time that we started getting the radio that we started to get, uh, what is it, the presidential, uh, I can't think of the, the formal term for it, but basically when the president just starts telling you about what he wants to do, what he plans to do, they start seeing how effective that was. Even if you weren't talking about shit. They started to see that getting those words out there, getting those opinions out there, getting certain stories out there makes a difference.
And it also makes a difference where you get this information from. A la MLK versus Malcolm X. If you can have somebody else spouting the kinds of things that you would like them to, you know, but you have this person being someone that the community trusts, that's a good way to get your narrative, to get your mechanisms working. So, to make this all relevant, when you have people like Mark Lamont Hill, who has something called uh, the Black News Network, we, we all know what is not, and it's, it's financed principally by an Arab, white Arab, like who the hell is this dude? We shouldn't be surprised. But we shouldn't also be surprised that he still tries to engage to make these engagements with the community. Remember, media has nothing if they do not have your trust. The way that we look at media, media is considered the fourth branch of government, unofficially. And the only thing that they have to sell you is credibility. If you do not believe, like, for, for example, Fox News does not have much credibility within the black community because they have blatantly attacked the black community indiscriminately. So as far as its credibility with the black community, the majority of the black community, it's not there. But when you deal with uh, networks like CNN that are uh, proposed to be uh, neutral, even though we know that they're not, or other networks, they have some level of credibility with our community. Because I know that's how a lot of people came to know Mark Lamont Hill, was through his CNN. Although the reason he was kicked off of CNN had nothing to do with uh, black people or anything like that. He got kicked off of CNN because he was talking about the war in Palestine. And that's another point, and I like to bring this up because this is not my original point, but I feel like it's a good one to share, is that we have to be very, very wary, or just we have to realize that Mark Lamont is not a, a dumb dude. He's actually a very intelligent person. He realizes that there's no threat in disrespecting the black community. In fact, there's money in it. Look at Jesse Lee Peterson. See, he's, he's in that lane with it. Because as long as you're talking bad about black people, there are no repercussions. Let's look at what happened to Nick Cannon the moment that he decided to interview um, uh, Professor Griff. You see what I'm saying? You see how, quick, how quickly he got canceled? Because there is nothing, there is no penalties for disrespecting black people, but disrespecting anybody else who has money, who has power, it's going to come with consequences. That should let you know what the dynamics are. When we talk about racism, that's what it is. That's the power dynamic. You see, we don't have the power to be racist. We don't. When people insult us, Nothing happens, and we can do nothing. You see? The fact that Asians got a bill to protect them, it doesn't just speak to how the country views us in comparison or contrast to them. It also shows you how value is perceived. And quite frankly, with how Asia, Korea, Japan, have been building themselves up economically and militarily. 
it wouldn't be very, very wise anyway to be committing hate crimes against Asians. We have to look at the bigger picture when it comes to these things. We're at some very, very delicate, delicate, delicate times internationally with these politics. So there's there's more than one end game when you see a move like that. It's not just it's part of it is to disrespect us, but that's not the only thing. Part of it is showing you why they don't respect us. It's the kind of like they're laughing in our faces. Like you cannot do anything about this. But let me go further because there's been a point that I've been trying to make to the family for quite some time. Uh, and it was particularly during the election. And I was telling everybody about the nature of these two parties. While the Republicans are in your face, the Democrats are very sneaky. And what we have failed to realize is that this agenda to make America great again has continued. Yeah, un- unbothered. I'm seeing it in how news is being covered. I'm seeing it in how sports is being covered. We're starting to kind of go back, and not even kind of, we're starting to go back in time. You see, as they start to feel the black community slowly, slowly, slowly pulling away from their bullshit, and they're starting to see they're having a hard enough time clamping our minds down, because that's what all of these new social media changes have been about. That's why they banned Brother Riza Islam, because the sense that he was talking. Hell, even my account, I got to not post on it for a couple of days just so I can start getting myself back into the feeds. You know, they've removed me off several people's pages. But that's neither here nor there, because it has everything to do about what we're talking about. They're not able to silence our minds. They're not able to stop us from reverting to who we are. They have seen that the freedoms that we have fought for are a bit too much. I feel that there was a part of them that felt like even with these freedoms, they would be able to reel us back in, reel us back into these positions because they always seem to have some sort of back door to decimate the black family. But now it's on an all-time high. To give you an example of what I mean, let's look at Deshaun Watson, Cam Newton. Why are these guys now not in the league? Is it because of their ability? On one hand, one guy was the the talk of the town on every uh, top five, top ten quarterback uh, ranking. You know, and then all of a sudden, because of accusations, he's public enemy number one. People don't even want to mention his name. It's almost if Deshaun Watson doesn't even exist. Furthermore, when we talk about Cam Newton, everybody can, everybody and their mama can see he earned that job. Now, I personally feel like, and I don't know this, but I personally feel like it was a management thing. I don't feel like it was a coach thing, but here's my issue with it. You got a lot of people in these front offices that don't deal with the sport at all. That only care about the bottom line 
and how the team is perceived. See, we miss that. The, the Dallas Cowboys make a lot of money, and it ain't for winning no damn Super Bowls. They are not popular for winning. It is their image, America's team. It's the brand. So we have to look at things appropriately. Why did Cam Newton get released? Because they didn't feel like he fit the brand. This is Boston we're talking about here. And nobody wanted Cam Newton to replace Tom Brady in the first place. Now, a lot of people may say or think, why is this relevant? Because we're seeing this across the board. Not just in sports, we're seeing this in other fields. We've always seen this, really, but we're starting to see a lot more of it. They're starting to make more public examples of this. And the very fact that everybody who's attached to sports media is more or less silent on this is more fact to it. It's a lot of weird things going on. Allegedly, Max Kellerman was supposed to be leaving first take. Now, for the last couple of days, he's the only person that's on first take. What's up with that? We not, we, we not noticing what the fuck is going on? On multiple different levels? Motherfuckers want their shit back. A lot of people, like, we think all this stuff is funny. We think all of this stuff is, like, insignificant until we just roll back 50 years to where we see it was a very significant thing. See, part of the white man's aura has to do with the belief that they're superior. Superior in sports, superior in intelligence. And they will do anything in their power to maintain that belief. It's no different than how Rome was. And that's what eventually led to Rome's fall. Rome had such the they had one of the biggest propaganda schemes out there to where there were a lot of countries that did not want to challenge them. After they were on the top, they just kept producing all this propaganda about how strong they were, you know, about how invincible they were. Meanwhile, they were destroying the libraries, destroying the schools. Schools wasn't, was getting whittled down into nothing. And then eventually they came across a group of people who couldn't read the propaganda. These are the Visigoths and Vandals and Ostrogoths. They couldn't read so they had no idea about how invincible Rome was, and Rome failed. That is much like how we'll see the United States fall. It's just kind of how it is. It's how France failed. You know? History doesn't repeat, but it does sure as hell rhyme. My question to you, family, as it always is, is where are we going to sit when that happens? We can't still be in this mindset. We got to make some major, major moves. And these moves involve solidarity. It involves education, particularly now. Now they got it to where if you take that you-know-what or you don't take that you-know-what, kids can't go to school. They're threatening to take people's jobs. A bill was passed in uh, San Francisco, I believe, that if you can't show proof that you're vaccinated, you cannot uh, go into any of their businesses or establishments. 
and as far and as far as I know, there's only been one vaccine that's been approved by the FDA, and that was about two weeks ago. Everything else was under emergency approval. You know, approved under unusual circumstances, to say the least. Now, nobody's disputing the reality of this situation, but what we also cannot dispute is how crazy all of this sounds. For a... It's a disease that will definitely enable you, but it's not very, very likely to kill you. I don't understand what this, what this big push is. Well, I do. On the surface, we shouldn't be able to understand what it's about, but it's all about control. Now, some people want to go out there, and I'm not going as far as saying things like population control or anything of that sort. You know, it's enough to be able to just get people to do stuff. That's always a step. You know. And the worst thing about it is, is that the younger generation that's growing up through this, see, they don't know about the times to where this didn't happen. And that's what I'm really concerned about. I'm concerned about our youth growing up in a world where this is the norm. Where this is the normal behavior. You know, I'm very concerned about a world where our children are seeing this type of physical abuse, political abuse, economic abuse, and just accept it as it is. Because that's, that's very possible. That has happened. This, that's been the case. When we talk about Jim Crow and we talk about black people fighting back, it wasn't all black people. The majority of black people was just learning how to live with it trying to uh, succeed in spite of. When we talk about slavery, I got, the, I, I got the books, I have the text. You had folks thinking the way they had it was the best that they were ever gonna get it. Or if they got purchased by a master who was less abusive than their previous one, that was a good thing, you know. The, the, the ultimate goal wasn't freedom. You see what I'm saying? And that was for most black folks, most Africans who were brought here. So when I look at stuff like how I saw today, or when I see things on the news and the media, I can't help but feel and remember the things that I've seen in our past records. I can't help it. I can't help but see the vision of the plantation when I see all those police officers out there and you see four jump on one black girl. I don't even believe this girl was grown. Probably be 16. Mad because another officer punched who was most likely her cousin or kid sister who was younger than she was. But we've, we've normalized all this shit. We just go, that's how it is. Oh, you know. I heard a brother start spouting that nonsense. That's why I will speak my, my, my truths even harder. When people speak their nonsense, I speak my truths. And I told him, it's not right what they're doing. But we need to be smart about how we handle this. Because that's, this is their game. 
as long as they got that badge on, as long as they have whatever power that this government has given them, this is the game that they're going to play until we start wising up and figuring out how to beat it. Part of it is doing what I was doing. When we see situations like that, I don't give a damn. If that person is black, go look on. I'm telling you it makes a difference. I'm telling you it makes a difference. It's a different energy when they see that there's other people that are invested, when the community is invested. They did not want me over there, as usual. The people who have been following me the longest, you can, you, y'all seen the other stuff on IG. You know, this is regular Brother Technico behavior. But they do not like it. They do not like it when you go out there and you educate your people on how you should handle them. Because they always want to be the advantage in their favor. They don't want it any other way. The moment you start hipping them to what they can do, yeah, that dude was worried. He was mad because he didn't have a problem with me standing there until I said, you get his badge number and you report him to the D.A., the district attorney. You file a report. See, all this bullshit happens because we don't even know the process on how to get to these clowns because they are public servants. So the way that you have to deal with them is different. Even self-defense is different when you're dealing with police. It's a really, 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 really fine line. And based on how Graham versus Connor is, there really isn't, there really isn't much. You need, you need a camera and a damn good lawyer. Because again, as long as that officer can reasonably articulate as to why they put their hands on you in the first place, then it's all good. So you could have simply said, hey, Get your hands off my sister. And if he smacks you in the face, hey, you know, she was yelling at me. She was approaching me aggressively. I wasn't sure what she was going to do. My first response after everything was to, you know, whatever, nip it in the bud was to was to stop it, you know, was to nullify her aggression, whatever kind of word that they want to use. But it's not that difficult. And by the time that they actually sit down and get this over to somebody, see, They've already talked to their other buddies. They've already talked to their other... See, it's a brotherhood. So even if they got a weak link making a mistake, they're going to help them. We don't have that same support yet. Not yet. But we're going to get it. We have to. Otherwise, we're going to keep suffering these humiliations... We're going to keep watching our loved ones get hurt. We're going to keep watching our loved ones being taken to jail. That's why that shit really, really affected me. You know, a man is supposed to protect his family. Y'all just heard me speak about this the other day. That was a part of the buck breaking process when they started putting in those anti-miscegenation laws. And then a little bit before that, they also placed in laws that said black individuals and slaves cannot sue or defend themselves against persons of or white persons, white people. And they had to be specific about black because you had blacks that were Christians. Before that point, white people generally called themselves Christians. But seeing as that you could have blacks who are Christians, they needed to be more specific. But let's think about that. Let's think about a situation to where a white man is assaulting somebody and the black man can do nothing about it. 
Let's think about that. What does that do to the black man's psyche? What does that do to his role as the protector? And that's exactly what I've seen today. A parent is supposed to step up and protect their child, no matter what. Slap Jesus in the face, if need be. But the way that I got our minds warped, they want us conditioned to watch the violence happen. Tell me how that's not a plantation. Tell me how that's not plantation behavior. Where we have to sit there and watch. That's, what, and that's, that's the thing. I'm not doing it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of seeing situations like this get blown way out of proportion just because it's black people. When I can show you, man, any other day to be a fight with some Mexicans, you will not see the same energy. White people fight all the damn time at school. Families at school. You'll never hear about it. You'll never see a reaction like that. You will never see 13 motherfucking sheriffs show up at Heritage High because of some kids fighting. Never. Never. Maybe one or two. The most. You'll never see 13. But as soon as they hear a black family, it's a whole different thing. It's a whole different mentality. A lot of them figure we needed to be locked up anyway. Anyway, family, I don't want to keep you guys too long. Just want to share my thoughts. We're at war, so we need to pay attention to what the hell is going on. We need to start studying case law. We need to start studying the penal codes of the cities that we're in, or rather the counties that we're in, so we understand how to deal with the police. We have to understand that generally, no matter where you go, police officers are supposed to give you their information, their name and their badge number. Anytime that you feel that a police officer is about to or is doing something wrong, you demand that. And you make sure other people around you can hear that. That's why it's imperative for us black people when we see these situations to observe. Right or wrong. Look, if the person did wrong, let's not interfere, but let's make sure that they treat us fairly. Let's not allow someone committing a crime to be the justification to abuse them. That's what we can allow, because that is building a pattern of behavior, a pattern of behavior for the police officers and for the people who are being abused. Because if we keep, if we continue to allow inequitable treatment of our people in these situations, they're going to continue to do it. If you would not put four police officers on a teenage or 12-year-old white girl, then you shouldn't do it to a black girl. See? But it's, see, it's that behavior. See, we only want to react, like I said when it's the Makia Bryant situations. When, when one of us gets the ultimate in. What about everything else in between?
We have to get smarter. We have to get wiser. And we have to start conditioning ourselves to be stronger. We have to recondition ourselves to be self-sustainable. It's, it's more important now than it has ever been. But like I said, I didn't want to keep you guys too long. Peace, love, and light. You guys know what it is.